welcome back to the Keep It Quirky podcast. I'm your host, Katie Quinn, and this is the pod where I talk with fellow creatives and entrepreneurs about food, travel, and the discipline and drive to create. Passion begets passion. So come on with me and let's do this. I don't know about where you guys are, but it is getting warm here in Southern Italy. Welcome back to the podcast. The last episode I posted was right around the time of the launch of my book, Cheese, Wine, and Bread. And that conversation was with the book's illustrator. And I'm so excited to say that now that the book has properly launched, it has been amazing. I mean, being on the Today Show and Good Morning America and the Rachel Ray Show, I mean, it's it was everything I hoped a book launch could be and more. I hope that you all have had a chance to pick up the book. And thank you for being back with me here now that my life has calmed down just a tad. Um, I was doing promotion for the book at all hours of the day. I mean, here in Central European time, I was staying up till like 2 a.m. to do promo opportunities like in the West Coast of America. It was quite a ride. In other updates, I hope that you guys have listened to the podcast Either Side Eaters. That's the new podcast out with the Food 52 podcast network that I am co-hosting with the incredible Jen Panomrat of Just Eat Life. It's so much fun. We talk about food cultures around the world. Um, Go check it out. Either Side Eaters. And I need to say hi to the Quirky Club, my incredible Patreon community. These are the folks that let me do the stuff I do. And in return for supporting me, they get special monthly live chats during pizza night. They get behind the scenes stuff, exclusive monthly recipes and more. So thanks to the Quirky Club. And if you want to check it out, there is a link in the show notes. And now to today's guest. You know, I've wanted this person on for years and I'm motivated to do it in this moment to honor Father's Day. My dad is everything. I mean, he's the kind of person who I know that you all will love hearing from and about, you know, his life experiences, his outlook on life. There are things that I draw inspiration from on a daily basis. I got my entrepreneurial drive from him and my mom too. Um, But in this conversation, we talk about so much more than that. To really be happy in life, you got to be who you are. Mm -hmm. And so stepping back and figuring out number one that truth and secondly then figuring out who in fact you are because yeah. for many many years of my early life i was trying to be somebody that i thought people wanted me to be anyone listening who already knows my dad you know you may know him as a doctor you might know him as harold hill from the music man the musical theater rock star that he is you might know him from his doo-wop band remember then that plays all around the region of southeast ohio and crosses state borders even you might know him as a leading contact lens expert in the world i guarantee you'll learn something new about him because i myself did uh while we had this conversation it was so such a joy, and I hope you enjoy joining us for this chat. So, Dad, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Katie. I'm so excited to be here talking with you today. Thanks to you for the invitation. I, I'm really thrilled to have you on. You know, I've wanted to have you on for a while. In our little pre-show chat that we were just having, uh, you mentioned the journey of, you know, journey of life. And I I think of you so much with 
this perspective on life as just one big journey and we never arrive, you know, in, in with a capital A. Um, right. Can you talk to me about that? Because I feel like yeah. it's something that you, you have told me a lot well, throughout my life. I have, yeah, it's not about the end. It's about the journey. That, but you do have to have a, a quest. You know, you have to <laughs> be wanting to get somewhere just so you get out of the starting gates, you know, so you have a general direction to head. But rather you actually end up where you're setting out to go in my mind doesn't really matter it's all the experiences and all the learning that takes place between the departure and the arrival and then of course to the arrival at the end of your life because you right. never really finish the journey until your last breath so it, it allows me to stop and just appreciate everything that's happening around me now rather than always be thinking ahead i I really, I think you and I maybe both do this. We, we tend to, we're always preparing for the next step. And then sometimes we miss where we are. Oh yeah. I know you've, you've worked on that and I've worked on that. Let's talk more about your growing up. One of seven kids, the, the <laughs> second oldest. I feel like that has influenced so much of who you are. And just like you said, kind of just like fairness and the way, you know, and not uh, looking down on others and kind of understanding others. So, so you grew up in a very Roman Catholic, Irish Catholic or Roman Catholic. Yep. Uh, well, uh, we were Irish Catholics participating in the Roman Catholic. Church. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Very Catholic upbringing and um, your mom, my incredible grandma, Quinn, um, one of my favorite humans on this earth. Same, um, mine too. <laughs> uh, so she stayed home with the kids, right? And your dad worked at Armco. And for those who may not know, Armco is a steel uh, sheet metal fabrication plant. And my dad was assistant foreman to carpenter, painters, and masonry. What was your childhood like? My mom and dad were committed to each one of us. And one of the things I, I treasured that my mom did, she took each one of us and would find something special to connect in a way to connect with us. Oh, wow. So for example, for me, mom and I, we had a, a connection with actually food and, and granola was something that she made that she taught to me and i think maybe i shared you with you. you have it yeah you taught it to me the granola i make is the, is <laughs> the one that you make i don't know if i knew yeah. that that came from grandma that's grandma quinn's granola oh wow yeah. Uh, so we kind of, uh, through my high school years, connected on uh, food and eating healthy. Um, so, but she found that kind of little secret sauce between uh, herself and each one of her children. And I valued that so greatly. And I, I try to have that with you and Brian, uh, my kids, you, you two. Oh my God. Absolutely. So, Although yeah. I have to say you, your job is probably easier with the two of us versus grandma was dealing with juggling seven. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if you know this Katie, but when your mom and I first got married, we thought about having five or six kids. Cause you know, your mom's from nine, I'm from seven. We thought, Oh, five or six. We don't want to go crazy. With oh my seven God. Or nine. Yeah. <laughs> but we had Brian and he fit on, one lap and then we had you and you were on the other side of the lap and it was like okay we're full, we're full here, so. <laughs> i definitely did not know you guys at one point considered having a, yes. a five six kids what i had yeah. no idea yeah 
I think it all worked out fine as as it did. But going back to being part of a big family, uh, so it's, I really am fascinated by people's placement in family. I think yeah. I can learn a lot about people. I just ask them, so where are you in the family line? Because being the second of seven and the oldest boy, Katie, your yeah. Aunt Gretchen, who is uh just under a year older than me so we're <laughs> irish twins not only by heritage but irish twins is a term that if people aren't familiar with it it means you, you were born within 365 days of each other so <laughs> gretchen born july 6th and me the following grandma july and grandpa didn't waste any time <laughs> <laughs> didn't waste any time uh, but anyway, Gretchen says, you know, because I'm taller, I'm a boy and probably I'm more boisterous for sure than she was. Um, you know, she said, everybody thinks you're the oldest time. You just go ahead and be the oldest. Just be uh, the so oldest. I kinda, so I kind of grew up with the oldest member of the family attitude. Oh, you know, yeah. Gretchen and I, we kind of ruled the roost. But there's stuff that comes along with that, you know, a, a feeling uh, responsibility for the other kids. Um, I feel like it's helped my organizational skills. Then there's also there's pressure that you put on yourself. And but I don't even mean just you. I mean, anyone in that role of like, I am leading this family like I am the oldest. There's pressure that is kind of also just like pressure on yourself that needn't be there. Right. Like need need not be there. Katie, yeah, that is one of the has been one of the great struggles of my life is is taking deep breaths and and not feeling like I need to be somebody that I'm not, you know, and worrying about disappointing someone because I'm not what they think or thought I should be. Yeah. So and actually, you and I've talked about this before, and it's it's a great learning experience to recognize that, you know what? to really be happy in life, you got to be who you are. Mm -hmm. And so stepping back and figuring out number one, that truth. And secondly, then figuring out who in fact you are Because for many, many years of my early life, I was trying to be somebody that I thought people wanted me to be. Yeah. Well, and this, so this is taking it back to what we talked about, about the journey, right? Because to figure out what you really want or who you really are. It, like that is a journey. And I think I'm constantly asking myself that question in, more in terms of like, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Yeah. And do I want to do it? Or do I feel like people want me to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, and you mentioned the word ego, I think earlier and yeah, taking the ego out and what does your soul need, you know, yeah. to, to feed the soul and to keep you energized and looking forward to the next day. What, what are those things? Yeah. Okay. That's and a so constant I, discovery. Right. And so I love this because um, like for for anyone listening to this conversation who doesn't know what you do have done and still do even in retirement now um, for a job, I think it's interesting. I almost want to pause and like I wish this were live so I could ask people, Okay, now learning what you know about Tom (laughs) Quinn, what uh, what kind of career do you think he has? And that is optometry. So eyeballs and specifically contact lenses uh, is something that you are really one of the experts, the leading experts in the entire country slash world in many ways. And (laughs) so I bring that up now because, (laughs) you know, whatever we can, we can talk about eyeball stuff a little bit, but um, I also, I guess the reason I brought it up though, is because 
something that I've learned from a lot in watching you growing up is you excel and enjoy your job. And at the same time, you pursue passion projects and interests and things that just kind of light up your heart, light up your spirit kind of on the side as a compliment. So it's not like you're like, well, I hate my nine to five. So I have to do this thing. I like outside of it is like, no, you actually, there's actually a pretty awesome balance that you've struck there. I think I just enjoy mixing things up. Yeah. I just like diversity and, I I like, there's some analogy that uh, a theater professor taught me, uh, Bob Winters, something about, it's called a spinning axe. And one half of the axe is your your analytical side and the other is the uh, artist side and it's constantly spinning. And I want to exercise both of those. You know, I don't want to just throw all my uh, eggs in the one uh, bucket, so to speak. So I'm changing analogies here, but you get the idea. I, th- I think it's fun to go to the office and throw myself totally into providing patient care and then leave and then do something totally different. Such as but, what was uh, what was the thing that that really connected us uh, when I was growing up? Musical theater yeah. <laughs> continues to be something that we share, a passion Absolutely. that we share. But I have often said, Katie, that one of the great benefits of theater was keeping me connected to my teenage daughter. Yeah. Because we all go through those years where, you know, we change a lot. Yeah. Those are horrible years. I am not looking forward uh, to eventually having a teenager of my own. It's miserable. We all go through it. I mean, (laughs) you you and I love to go to the Ohio University basketball games and all that stuff, too. But musical theater really kept us connected through the middle school and high school years. And I treasure those years. I do. I mean, I do, too. And just to clarify as well, like, this was dad and I acting in the musical theater. I'm not just talking like, oh, we both like listened to uh, the soundtrack to <laughs> South Pacific or something. Um, although surely we did that too, but like, no, we were in shows together. And so this is uh, going to rehearsals every night in the evenings. Uh, this was summer yes. theater as well. So it was always a, a fun summer thing to look forward to. Katie, do you remember when I knew that you had the bug? Is when you and I, we went to see... Oh, oh Brigadoon. Brigadoon. Yeah, I remember. We're walking home because we we live in a neighborhood near the university campus. So we're and I was probably home, what, like six years old, seven years old. How old was no, I? No, six. Six. Okay. Yeah, you were six. And we're walking home, and both of us singing at the top of our lungs, go home, go home, go, <laughs> go home, home to Bonnie Jean. Jean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, oh my gosh, she's got the bug. Uh, And uh, we continue to share it. Yeah, yeah, you definitely pass that along to you. You know, I've given hundreds and hundreds of presentations and stuff. And when I talk talk to uh, young folks who come up to me and go, how do you do that? Get up in front of people and talk. And two tips I give them. One is memorize your first sentence. Because once you get the first (laughs) sentence out, everything else is easier. That first sentence is the hardest. That's great. So memorize your first sentence. And the other is, it's not about you. It's about your message, about the content of what you want to share. And although that may seem like a subtle mental shift, I find it really powerful. 
that uh, that you become less self-conscious. Well, yeah, because you're, you're to... like removing ego or doing your best yes. to remove ego. <laughs> right, right. You and I talked about this when I right. was doing these TV spots for the Today Show, for Rachel Ray Show, all these things for my book, right? That it's right, like, right. listen, it's not about me. It's about making sure people know about my book, right? <laughs> Which I believe is something... Um, that people will enjoy. Yeah. Well, it's not just about your book, but what's in your book, you know, well, yeah. that, that, that's it. Your book is a journey. You know, I love the journey and the story told within the book. So if people think it's just going to be recipes, which, which are in there, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. Yeah. And it's just pretty to look at too. And well, thanks dad. In in your mind's eye, what is the Venn diagram for you of professional obligations and, and personal passions. What's, what is that? Ben you know what? I, 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 I don't really think that way about it, Katie. Hmm. I, I think about just the, the need to stretch in different directions. So if I'm doing something like, uh, uh, immersing myself in a contact lens issue, for example, like how to provide contact lenses to treat patients who need bifocal correction or people that have had an eye injury and they need a special contact lens. I want to immerse deeply in that area. So I can know everything that's to be known about that topic, but then I need to step back and take a breath of fresh air. And I get that fresh air by playing my guitar mm -hmm. <laughs> or being involved in musical theater. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it rejuvenates me to do something totally different than what I'm immersing myself in. And when I do get interested in something, I tend to dig deep into it. So I do need to come up and take a breath and say, okay, what else is going on? Right. Change gears, change gears. Yes. Although I would say you went pretty deep with your band. Remember then, because oh, how many, how yeah. many songs, how many songs did you guys have memorized? Yes. And I, I think it's really important to say memorized because we did not use cheat sheets and it was over a hundred songs and they were largely from uh, the era of 1954 to 64. We originally were considered ourselves a doo-wop band. So a lot of the bum-bum-bum-bum kind of stuff. But, uh, but then we realized, wait, a lot of people uh, today probably don't know what doo-wop is. So we moved more into kind of classic rock. So we did Elvis and Everly Brothers and um, Motown. It was so fun, Katie, so fun. So there's a, there's another big thing that I really, really wanted to make sure we touch on mm -hmm. your rheumatoid arthritis. Um, you were in your mid thirties, right? When you were diagnosed. I was, 30, 30, I was 33 when I was diagnosed and there was a year or two building up to that where they just didn't know what the heck was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And they were doing all out of blood tests and stuff and testing for, any, for, for rheumatoid yeah, factor. For anyone and, who yeah. doesn't know what rheumatoid arthritis is, can you, can you give like a quick breakdown yeah it's basically your body attacks its own joints because it sees it as foreign material and so a lot it usually starts with a lot of pain in the small joints in your hands and in your feet um, and then of course it can involve any of the joints in the body so like for uh many years 
to shake someone's hand was an incredibly painful experience. Um, thankfully, uh, it helped turn me into a hugger. I love the hug. Oh. <laughs> Partly, well, and, I got that from your mom's Italian family. Too, yeah, they're they're all huggers. But. but I mean, really, Dad, this is that's that's a small example of how I feel like you really have turned this challenge into a positive in your life. In you know, we've just talked so much about music, and you've always been a musical person, but how that became more in the forefront of your life after you could no longer go to the basketball court and, and shoot some hoops with your friends. Right. 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 Katie. I mean, and I just want to give a shout out to you and Brian, you and your brother, because th there were years where, I mean, I couldn't carry the trash out because my hands and wrists hurt so bad. And you guys never complained, always stepped up and helped me out through the years. And I want you to know, I value that. And I continue to value that. Uh, at any rate, so it, I came to a point where I said to myself, well, Tom, you may not be able to do a lot of the activities you've been accustomed to doing. You Actually, I had a lot of problems with my right ankle in particular, where I was struggling walking. You may not even be able to walk, but I, I thought, what won't rheumatoid arthritis take away from me? And that is my voice. And so that's when I started taking voice lessons and really set me off on a path to musical theater and remember then doo-wop group. I mean, none of that would have happened had I not had rheumatoid arthritis. So everybody in life goes through some, some kind of struggle. And from that, we learn, and hopefully we learn, and it gives us an opportunity to grow in areas we might not grow otherwise. Thank you for sharing that. I guess I want to share something, a thought that helps guide me in my daily interactions with people that I've come to really value uh, in recent years. And that is just seeing each individual as someone with value, someone who's unique, someone that brings something special into this world. And what drives me to feel this way is, first of all, that's been my experience. When you approach each individual as someone with value, you get that kind of, uh, of love back. It's not, you know, not overt love, perhaps, but, you know, kindness, uh, whatever, engagement. And it makes it hard to vilify people that look different than you or in some way are easy to marginalize when you approach them with an attitude of acceptance, whoever they are, it helps you be happier and helps make the world a better place. So it's a win-win. I love that. Th thank you. I love you so yes. much. Oh, Katie, I love you so much. And you know what I would ask you to do? Tell me. Keep it quirky. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even have to prompt me, did you? Look at that. You were so ahead of the curve. How do how do you keep it quirky in this life? We know oh, how you we know how you keep it kind. Oh, I like surprising people. <laughs> I guess uh, you know uh, going in a direction. Well, let me say this: when I break out in song, your mom sensitized me to this. She goes, "Tom, when you break out in the song, some people break out in the smile, but some people break out in the sweat." <laughs> regardless, regardless, Katie, we're getting a reaction and we're engaging with people. And that's what I like to do to keep it quirky. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Can I also just say quickly that, like, my father starts singing 
any song that comes to mind that like has like you say one word and it's like you know watermelon and then it's like he's off on like the watermelon song or something it's like and I i'm gonna put you on the spot and ask you to sing something like a, a verse or a chorus of of a song that you would like to sing <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Okay, so I, I can't decide whether to go into the uh, musical theater buckets or into the uh, doo-wop uh, classic rock bucket. Um, how about this one? There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. The corn is as high as an elephant's thigh, and it looks like it's climbing clear up to the sky. Oh, what a beautiful morning! Oh, what a beautiful day! I've got a beautiful feeling, everything's going my way. Oh, what a beautiful day. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> thank you. I'm not used to singing at 10 in the morning, but thank you. I am just so happy you're my dad. Oh, um, Katie, you are my treasure. Thank you so much. I love you. Love you too. And thanks as always to the musician who wrote this theme song, my brother Brian Quinn. And now after listening to this episode, you might have a better sense of where my brother got his musical inclinations. You can follow Brian at BQFunk on Instagram. And thanks again to my Patreon community, The Quirky Club. Don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash Katie Quinn to join. You can follow me and be in touch on Instagram at QKatie. Don't forget to pick up my book, Cheese, Wine, and bread and for following my adventures in italy on youtube you can head to the channel q katie i'll see you all back here before long in the meantime don't forget to keep it quirky ciao